Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready today, we'll be in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. The title of this sermon is, Greatly Rejoice Through Various Trials. Here is the first half of this two-part study. Now, some of y'all have been through some very hard trials. Some of y'all may be going or, or, or you may be in a trial right now. Uh, but will you greatly rejoice in it? This is what Peter is talking about today. Uh, we'll look at it in three parts. The trial, the distress, and the joy in verse 6. The proof of your faith in the verse part of verse 7. And then in the second half of verse 7, the results of the test. So normally I kind of catch us up to where we're at. Remember, Peter was writing this to the Jews that were uh, refugees. They were kicked out of, of, of Israel, of Jerusalem. They were forced out because they followed Jesus Christ. People were being killed. Uh, they were losing their businesses. They were losing their homes. They, were, they had nothing and they had to flee. And, and so that's who Peter, the main audience, is that he's writing to. But it, there's also a small percentage of Gentiles that he's writing to as well uh, that received this letter. And so as we look at this and, and we look at the area, when we look at those names of Cappadocia and all those areas, those areas were what the Roman Empire had. But that is actually modern-day Turkey that, that he's that he's uh, the audience that he's writing to, the early church. And one of the things he, he's telling you is that you need to rejoice in trials. So that first part of verse 6, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, it says, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. It's important for you to catch that first little phrase there, in this you greatly rejoice he's actually talking about verses three through five so i want to read verses three through five for us again just because this is what he's pointing back to it's very important that we catch this it says blessed be the god and the father of our lord jesus christ who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through the faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So one of the things that Peter is pointing back to in verse 6 is he's saying, look, we need to rejoice 
in our new birth. You've been born again. You're a new creation. Right? You should rejoice in that. That's one of the things he's telling you as you're going through trials. You look back to that. That you belong to him. In John chapter 10, verses 28 through 30, it says, And I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Once you give your heart to Christ and you confess your sins and you turn to Him, you're His. There, there's no one that can snatch him out of the Father's hand. No one. And, and so, you know, it's sad to say when we think about this, do we, do we have a, a, a security that our new birth being born again as a new creation, when I go through trials, do I remember that? And no matter what I'm going through, I've been born again. I'm his. I'm his child. And so the other thing he talks about in verse 4 is he, he says that you have an inheritance, right? And obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So we rejoice in our, in our undefiled inheritance, meaning that you have an inheritance and God has prepared a place for you. In John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3, in my father's house are many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you, because I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I am coming again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you also will be. He's like, you have an inheritance. You have something that, that cannot spoil. But are you focusing too much on this world, Right? I, I would rather have a room in heaven than worried about the things of this world, right? And, and so these are the things that he's saying. When you go through trials, you need to remember these things. You're, you're my child. You're, you're, your inheritance is with me. I'm preparing a place for you. And, and so we, we have that. But within that, in verse 5, who through are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation. We have eternal security. We belong to Him. We belong to Him and we cannot allow ourselves to go through uh, the, the things that we go through. Is one of the things that we forget is that we have eternal security. We forget that we have uh, that, that joy based that our future is with God. Our future is with God. And so um, what, what I would tell you is, is, is when we look at that, that's why he says in 1 Peter chapter 6, it says, in this you greatly rejoice. So he's talking about verses 3 through 5. Even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. So one of the things he means in the Greek is actually by greatly rejoicing, it means that you continually jump for joy. Now, when I read that, I go, yeah, I got some work to do, right? We all do, right? Praise God that we have grace. We all, we all can be very upset and, and want to complain and be, a, you know, be mad at the world and, and the things that are happening. But he's like, you need to greatly rejoice. You need to continually jump because you belong to me. Your inheritance is, is in heaven. Right? And, and your eternal security is with me. 
In Matthew chapter 5, verse 12, it says, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in, in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I want you to think about that. He's telling you to rejoice, but he's telling you that they persecuted the prophets who were before you in the same way. You're, you're go, like persecution as a believer, as a follower of Christ. He's telling you like, hey, look, what John the Baptist went through, you could go through. What Elijah, Elijah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, you can go through the same thing. But your reward is great in heaven. Rejoice in that. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 29, it says, For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer on His behalf. What was our verse for the year? Who remembers it? You got it? No. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. And I know this is not the verse everybody wanted. So that no one would be disturbed by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that you were destined for them. I told y'all that year 2024 is going to be a tough year, especially for Christians. It's already started. You're already hearing things like Christian nationalists being thrown around. Um, I mean, we did a we did a radio because we have the radio station. We put on the uh, a commercial for the radio station, and within five minutes, somebody hit us on the comment that you know this is y'all are just a Christian nationalist station. Y'all are right wing supporting a rapist you're you know just very vile and i was like well wait a minute i said we're not a left or a right christian station we're a vertical station jesus that's what we care about we don't care about all the other stuff because that's not what's going to save you and and so we need to remember that but we need to remember that that you're going to be destined for afflictions you're going to go through them you know paul was trying to tell you that peter's telling you that but what we get is we should do very simple thing. And, and I told you all this, this at the beginning of the year. Is how do we overcome trials and suffering? Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Set your mind on the things that are above. Not on the things that are on earth. Where is your home? Heaven. So why are you setting your mind on the things of earth? If somebody's sick. Somebody has an illness. Somebody's struggling through an addiction where should you set your mind on you need to be praying for him you need to set your mind on on above you start seeking keep asking keep seeking keep knocking and keep going to god we have the wrong perspective when we go through trials as we focus we we tend to really go from a very wide angle to a very telescopic angle of our trial it becomes all about what what it's happened to me how is this affecting me and, and what, what Peter is trying to get at is you have to remember Peter had went through trials. Peter even had denied Christ. He knew what a trial was. He knew what suffering was. He knew what it was like. And he's telling you, look, I've been through these things and you need to keep your, keep your mind on things above. You need to understand that you're going to go through distress. But you should greatly rejoice. This is not your home. This is not your home. If he tells you he prepares a room for you, in heaven, don't you, wouldn't you rather have the room in heaven than have the room here? But we get that confused. See, our focuses should be on the Lord. Our focuses should be uh, anticipating the eternal future. 
You know, when you think about Elijah, when he had went to, in First Kings chapter 17, and it's not in there, Miss Pam. This is what I used to do to floor all the time. I'm sorry, just, I added this one. Um, in First Kings 17, verse 17, it, it talks about uh, when he goes into the, the widow's home, and, and, and it says, Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became sick, and his condition became very grave until at the end was no longer breathing. The, the little boy. And so she said to Elijah, Why is my business any of yours, you man of God? Yet you have come to me to bring my wrongdoing to remembrance and to put my son to death. Do you understand that's where a lot of people's perspectives are during trials? They blame God. Now, one of the things that's beautiful about that scripture is Elijah goes straight to who? God. So when, this is why church is important. And I want you to get this. Sometimes theologically you get confused. And what I mean by that is the trial has disrupted your life in a way that you're not thinking properly. You're, you're in distress. And you need somebody that has greatly rejoiced in Christ. And who has been through a similar trial that you've been through. That can come in like Elijah and breathe life into you and help you get focused back on the eternal we need that we all need that we all should have that that's why discipleship is important that's why having people that you can call and and check up on that's what church is about we've gotten kind of confused i i really believe in in the next five or ten years this is what church will be it'll be this small range of people that's what it'll be because I, I don't see, you know, right now what I see is we, we have these huge churches and, you know, they're struggling with parking issues and they're struggling with building maintenance and needing another multi-million dollar building and that's not what the church is about. And we've lost focus on what the church is about. It's about, it's about the people within the church to minister to them and to bring them closer to Christ to strengthen them in their faith, to build them up. If they've drifted, to draw them back. If they've never known you, to come to know you. That's the church. It's not about, you know, having an LED. Like I, I hear pastors, you know, pastors are weird. We're weird people. Um, you know, and they're now the new thing is LED screens. Where the whole back of the stage is LED screens. Seven, $8,000. That's not what the church is about. We, we, we just get it wrong. And so you need, at times, you need those people that will come in. And I love Elijah because Elijah's like, look, I want you, to, like he goes to the Lord and he said, Lord, you, like you take my breath and you put it in him. That's the kind of people you need around you. Like when, when the distress is so bad that you can't breathe and they come to you and they say, I want to pray for you. I want to be here for you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm not leaving you. That's what Elijah did. So in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. It's a momentary trial. It's a momentary distress compared to eternity. Again, it's the perspective that you have. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17-18 through 18 says, For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison while we look not at things which are seen but at the things which are not seen 
For the things which are, are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 13, But the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that the revelation of His glory you may also rejoice and be overjoyed. I've shared this with you. The guy who discipled me, Louis Delgado, he was the pastor of Holodes, uh, Calvary Chapel Holodes. He died of cancer. And when he passed away, we couldn't contain the church with the amount of people that were there. Uh, it must have been over 400 people that came. People that we didn't even know. People from Florida, people from all across that had, Louis had touched their life. And he was salt and light. That's how Louis was. But... As all these people were mourning, it was the family who was ministering to those who were coming up crying and rejoicing. And I could not wrap my head around that. I was a young believer. It blew me away. I was like, this verse reminds me of that because they, they were overjoyed and rejoiced because it, and it brought glory to who? God. It brought glory to God. It doesn't mean that you don't cry, that you don't have those emotions. All that stuff happens. But what they did is they got all that stuff out before the, before the, the, the showing. I don't know if that's the right word. That's, that's something else. But before the, they had the, the funeral thing, um, and, and they were there to minister to people. People were coming up wailing, and they're ministering and sharing and praying with them. And they just lost the husband, just lost a father, just lost their grandfather. And the family was there rejoicing in Christ. Doesn't mean that they weren't crying inside. Doesn't mean that they weren't hurt. But they, they, they came there with the purpose to bring glory to God. It's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do. So we go through trials. We go through suffering. And when that happens, and, and, and it's not to deny the pain. I'm not saying that. So please make sure you get that. You're going to go through the pain. Pain is part of the process that, that God uses. And, and, and through that, your, your faith is, is strengthened and birthed. God uses all of it. And when you think about those distress that you have been distressed by various trials, that means all trials, all trials that you'll go through. And it's to prove your faith, it's to develop your faith, and it's to bring glory to God, right? It's that testing that we'll get into and talk about. I love what John Piper says. John Piper said, God has never promised that we would, uh, that we would miss the storm, but He promised that we would make the harbor. In Psalm 23, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Right? You'll get through the valley of the shadow of death, and sometimes it's death. And sometimes you get to the other side of the mountain. But God uses all of that to mature you, to grow you as a believer, as a follower of Christ. You will go through the storms. Remember what Jesus told them? You're going to get to the other side, but they forgot all of that. <laughs> right? It's like, I'll see you on the other side. No, but they forgot all of it, that they were getting to the other side. In John 16:33 it says these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you have tribulation take courage I have overcome the world you've overcome the world our second point is the proof of your faith and it's just that first little part I love that he says so that 
proof of your faith being more precious than gold which perishes through tested by fire may be found to the result in praise, honor, and at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he's saying, you know, you, your proof of your faith is what? The trials that you go through. Your faith is proven by the trials. In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, and I love this verse, test yourself to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves, or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? Do you understand there are many people that sit in churches and they don't know Christ personally? They haven't chosen to follow Jesus Christ. But church was something they always did as kids. And so they continue to do that as adults and they bring their kids to come do that. And so it's something that they just get normally used to doing, but they've never tested themselves to see if they're in the faith. You know, it, you, when you go through troubles, you, you, you see the power of God move in somebody's life. You, you see the faith that's being displayed. That's why you ask the question, is that person really a believer? You ever ask that? He says he's a Christian, but he asks us, like, have they ever really been tested? Because every time they've gotten tested, they don't run to God. They run back to the bar. They run back to their addiction. They run back to their sin. If they're in Jesus, they wouldn't do that. We have to understand that Satan wants us to do all that he can to, to create doubt in our, in our heads to allow us to be pulled away, to drift away, to create that divide. And, and so we, we know that Jesus told Peter, hey, look, you're, you have the power of God in you, but you're, this is how you're going to die. Can you imagine hearing this? Like Jesus tells him in John 20, 21, verses 18 through 19, he says, and, and remember, anytime you see truly, truly, He's telling you, you need to pay attention. Every time you see that in the Bible, truly, truly, that means you need to focus and pay attention. Truly, truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to put on your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will put on your belt on you and bring you where you don't want to go. Now, he said this indicating by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, follow me. Now, I wonder how many of you would pass the test at this point. He tells you, like, look, you're going to get old, but you're going to be crucified just the way I was. And that's how you'll die. Now, follow me. Will you follow him? Every one of us have a appointed time of death. Who knows that? Jesus does. What are you going to do with your life? Peter went on to serve. He went on to preach. And 3,000 came to be saved. He went on to be part of the crew that wrecked the city, that wrecked Jerusalem with the way. And God used him in a mighty way. But will you follow him? That's why, you know, when he writes that in verse 5, now doesn't that make a lot more sense when he writes in 1 Peter 1, 5, who are protected by the power of God through faith? Who am I protected by? The power of God. There's nothing man can, man can do whatever he wants to me. Man does not own my soul. We have to remember that. So when you see things that are happening in the world, don't be afraid. If God has given you the moment to speak up, you speak up. 
you speak up. If, it, if it's that time when God is going to use you to speak up, you speak up because you have the power of God in you. They had a pa- uh, I don't know if he was pastor, but they had a, a young man that was at a, um, I don't know if it was, a, I would think it was at a city council meeting. It was a city council meeting. He tried to read the word of God and they threw him out of the city council. They don't want God anywhere in the government at all, even at the local levels. That's why it's important for like us here. Y'all, y'all don't know how unique it is for this area to have believers involved in the school board. I know some of the people that, that are on the school board. They, they, they're godly people as well as the city council. There's a couple knuckleheads on there, though. I mean, it's, you're always going to have your lemons in there, right? But we need to understand, like, we have the power of God in us, and it's, it's the power that's through faith, right? For salvation, the indwelling Holy Spirit to reside in us. And you can do anything. You have the power that resurrected Jesus Christ running through you, and you're afraid? Think about that just for a second. He says, what, send me. Would you be sent? Here I am. Who shall I send? Send me. Send me. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 